Good morning and welcome to The Business Of. Today's topic is the business of treating brain cancer. My guest is Dr. Richard Austin, the CEO and President at Reglagene. Today's episode is made possible by our Keystone investors such as United Healthcare, University of Arizona, and Vantage West, to name a few. Let's get started. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Heather. It's just an absolute delight to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I remember meeting you at the Copper Cactus Awards when we did the Zoom formal, and there you were, dressed up. <laughs> Great <laughs> event. You guys crushed it at that event. Thank it was you awesome. so much. That was so much fun. I love seeing all these CEOs in their shorts and flip-flops, <laughs> but then their you know, ties and sport coats or their you know, sequin tops and yoga yeah. pants. It was so much fun. Anyway, let's get started. So tell us a little bit about your professional background. Well, Heather, I'm a pharmaceutical research and development lifer. I've been in this business for 30 years. Technically speaking, I'm a chemist by training. I've got a PhD in chemistry, so that's why the doctor title's out there, not a a medical doctor. Uh Um, And I was one of those people who worked on what is known as the preclinical side of the business, understanding what those product concepts were and designing those new therapies that we would test to see if they had a shot at all. Okay. But about halfway through my career, halfway through those 15 years, I discovered I had a real love and a real passion for the business of how these therapies are discovered. So I went back to school again, got a master's in business administration okay. and in uh, pharmaceutical management and started managing R&D operations. And so that, that was really my career tra- transition, sort of going from the fun stuff of science over to the dark side of the business. So. <laughs> exactly. The not so fun business end of things. Well, right? so I actually necessary. dig it. So that's why I do it. Oh, yeah. that's good that yeah. you dig it. Yeah. <laughs> so then tell us with Reglagene, how did that even come to be? Well, uh, back in 2016, I was volunteering with the technology transfer arm of the University of Arizona, known as TechLaunch Arizona, sure, sure. and basically looking at new technologies that were, that were coming out from the university to help them decide what to do with it. And I saw this one technology that I absolutely fell in love with. It mm-hmm. was from the labs of a professor there named Dr. Lawrence Hurley. And a few months later, TechLaunch starts playing matchmaker. And they say, hey, you know, this technology is available. We think you'd be great as the, as the CEO of this company. Would you like to start a company? So they lured me away from my uh, job here in town where I was managing R&D operations for a 60 scientist site up in Oral Valley. And uh, we started this company. And so just a great, great story. And it's been just the best ride of my life. I'm so glad that I took the plunge. Fantastic. We'll have to have you contribute something to our next Chamber Edge magazine because the theme is Leap of Faith. So it sounds like this would be a really good example of that. I'll tell you more about that later. Okay, good, good. (laughs) So tell us more about then with Reglagene, the, the treatment. It's for brain cancer. But how is this different than other cancer treatments that we've all already probably familiar with? And you're familiar with other cancer treatments because, as a society, we've done great work with early detection Mm -hmm. and treatment of cancer. Right. Unless a patient has a brain tumor. Oh. And in that case the innovation there is just lagging way, way behind. The number one problem in developing a new therapy for the treatment of brain cancer is this feature that we all have called the blood-brain barrier. And I'll explain what that is. The blood-brain barrier is this filter that we all have Mm -hmm. that prevents toxins from going into our brains. It basically protects our brains. But that same filter 
also keeps out what might otherwise be effective therapies. Uh-huh. And so that's what really makes Reglagene special is the developing is the development of a therapy that easily passes this blood-brain barrier to get to those tumors inside the brain. The second piece that ma- makes us different is we decided to go after the most well-validated target in the history of cancer therapy. So for this particular protein that our ther- therapy hits, there are already FDA-approved drugs. Okay. And they have saved literally millions of lives. The problem is none of these FDA-approved therapies are able to access the brain, and that's the nut that we've cracked right here in Tucson, Arizona. So That's fantastic. Wow. So the team that it must take <laughs> to put this all together, to do the research, to really figure it out, has got to be phenomenal. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your team? Yeah, well, one thing I'm really most proud of is the fact that right here in Tucson, Arizona, that talent exists. And all of our technical employees, they have an association with the university, either having been trained there or former employees there. And so being able to bring them on board and have them actually contribute to to this business has been just a real, real joy. Moving on to talent that um, is outside of our city, we have we have an advisory team okay. of, of experienced drug development professionals that that help us make the right decisions as we bring this therapy forward. And and we have just great great talent there. Two in- individuals in particular that okay. have brought a total of thirty five medicines into the clinic, and they're giving us our guidance. And then at the board level, I mean, we're a corporation. Sure. We have a board. Sure. And so we've been able to find that board-level talent, people in the medical industry who have led billion-dollar businesses and led small companies like ours. Sure. And so, you know, we do have adults in the room as well as right. as we move forward. So we, you know, that's one thing we're really proud of, too, is just having this talent that helps us do what it is that we need to do. Right. That's so interesting. And did when you gathered these folks from whether the University of Arizona or elsewhere in Tucson, was it all word of mouth? Did you already know them, or how did you put together your team? Well, our internal team, well, let me just start with where the technology come comes from. So Dr. Lawrence Hurley is the technology inventor. Okay. And as it turns out, uh, Dr. Hurley, uh, many years ago, was a professor at the University of Texas at Austin, Okay. the same school where I got my Ph.D. in chemistry. Dr. Hurley actually served on my Ph.D. committee there. And so, anyway, a little Don't bit. you love those connections? It just comes yeah, back, and he right. moved to Arizona about the same time that I did. And so that, that part worked. We'd been out of touch with each other. And then when this technology came into play, that's how we got back together. Uh-huh. Now, the actual professional drug development talent, mm-hmm. these are largely people that, I, that I've worked with in industry okay. that, um, are, that uh, were here in Tucson and uh, was able to re- recruit them to come and work for our company. And so that, that just worked out very, very well. And then, um, and then the other people, the, uh, the advisors, the board members mm-hmm. are, you know, our two advisors, uh, one of our two key advisors, he and I were in school together. And so, um, um, I did a short stint at the university of California at Berkeley uh-huh. and he was a grad student and he was the grad student that was assigned to me. And so we worked together and and he became an outstanding, uh, what is known as a medicinal chemist, uh, much better than me. And so okay. just wow. delighted to have him on our team. And then the other one was a former student of Dr. Hurley's 
who has done had just a great, great career as a bio entrepreneur, and he was very excited to work with us as we brought brought this forward. At the board level, it's just again, it's connections. You know, at some point, I hope you ask me about how we're funded, and so you know, I can tell you we've got great friends at Tucson's Desert Angels here in town mm-hmm. who uh, who provide early stage funding for a lot of companies like ours, and uh, we found this person within the Desert Angels, someone with deep deep experience. Um, uh, leading companies like like ours and looking for a great board gig and a great great company to work with That's and fantastic. that that turned out to be us. That's great. I love all these connections and then everyone just truly being open to these opportunities and taking a chance to be with a brand new company. Yes, I'm going for it. So right, I think that's right. fantastic. So, okay, not to make a sweeping generalization, but <laughs> you figure the, the scientist type, these chemists like you and your team, generally speaking, might be more of the book smarts type people. But how does a team like yours then learn how to share your story so you do get your funding so you do get the marketing and the pr you know how do you learn these like people skills that might not be completely innate or are you just those folks who are perfect with that left brain right brain combo (laughs) heather that is just a great question because that's a big challenge especially for someone like me and for most everybody on our team who have very you know who have who come from technical backgrounds communicating science communicating technology is not easy, and this has been a a work in progress for many years for sure. several of us at, at at our company. The ability to communicate these complex topics in ways that yeah, anybody terms, can uh, right. understand, and mm-hmm. so uh, uh, we've had great mentors to work work with us. We've been punched in the mouth a bunch, if I could call it have that, you? to where our stories haven't connected to the right okay. audience, and you mm-hmm. get that feedback and. You just know that it's just not working, right. and you go home and you think, you know, my goodness, this this isn't communicating. What can we do differently sure, next time? Sure, But I would think that the more you do that sort of thing where the questions that people have after you've already made your entire presentation, the more questions you hear, then you realize, oh, the next presentation, I need to make sure I put those answers in it. So those questions aren't lingering after I've done my entire presentation. Something along those lines, right? That's correct. That's correct. So as a um, uh, as an emerging company, as I, as I like to refer to us, we're sure. often doing these things called pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, to mm-hmm. where we're pitching to prospective investors, sure. we're pitching to prospective uh, partners who might want to work work with us as we bring our therapy forward. And it's just um, uh, you are right that you know you do tee off on those questions, mm-hmm. and it helps you. It makes you stronger mm-hmm. for, for the very next sure. time that, that you go back. You just out. get better and better. Exactly. 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 Um, just just one little story here. Sure. Um, I can tell you that whenever I first started pitching this company, this points to my science background. Um, I would stand up to make make a pitch, and the very first word out of my mouth was DNA, mm-hmm. and I had this line: DNA to RNA to protein. This is your life, and it was. And and I can tell you. That that did not communicate with a general <laughs> a audience. It was just look. glazed over, <laughs> and I've subsequently learned that you're allowed one technical term <laughs> that go. you have to define very well. And if you go to technical term two, people are gone. Oh, that's and funny. so so you've really got to keep things uh, at a level at uh, which people feel feel like they get it. Sure. And then even the name of your emerging company, Regla Gene, mm-hmm. who came up with that and how did that come to be? I mean, Gene is in it, G E 
N E is in it. But tell, do you know the story behind the whole oh, absolutely. regular jeans? Yes, because I, I had a sleepless night coming <laughs> up with that name. So we had the necessity to file our uh, incorporation papers with the state of Arizona. Uh-huh. We were kind of uh, in a time pinch to get that done, and you have to have a name associated sure. with, with your company. And so uh, uh, the technology we were bringing forward at the time was this idea that one can regulate genes. Uh-huh. One can use a therapy to regulate genes. So you start to hear regla gene there you go. in there. And we, you know, we came, we went through several, or <laughs> I went through several iterations staying up, you know, again, all night because we had to get these pa- papers filed. And, um, uh, and of course, you know, you're coming up with names, you're searching the internet, see if anyone's used it before. You want to see if the, the dot sure. com is available so you can have the domain the name. Um, and so, uh, and, and then, you know, you, you don't want to do it in a vacuum either. So, you know, you come up with a name that you like, or even a handful of names and sure. you try them out with the people that are closest to you. But again, we had a window of a few hours right. and you just, and everyone has their opinion, I'm sure. Their oh. personal preferences. It's like sharing your baby name before you deliver. Exactly. Don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's so it Reglagene is what stuck. And so uh, I like it. Uh, we're developing a brand identity ar- around that right. name. I, I mean, uh, uh, people in Tucson certainly, you know, there's a c- community who now knows who we are sure. by, by, by that name. So mm-hmm. that, that name has been important for us. That's awesome. So tell us more. Tell us about the discoveries that led to the creation of this therapy that you're working on. Well, we've had some amazing milestone achievements. Well, mm-hmm. let me just, just talk a little bit about how we got here. Right. In, in that uh, we aren't, as scientists, we're never as smart as what we like to think that we are. Okay. And so um, we licensed our original technology out of the University of Arizona. We ran some preliminary studies. We figured out where the warts were, what needed to be changed to actually make a drug therapy. And we actually designed, manufactured, and tested over 800 new drug prototypes to get to where we are now. And right now, where we are is we have just a handful that are competing to be that one molecule to go into the clinic. But it was... You know, uh, the Thomas Edison thing, it was 796 sure. failures to get down to these last four, you know. Right. But that's and what so, you have to do. But that's what you do. And and the thing is, if we could just design these on the drawing board and just go, you know, right into to the clinic, we would do that. But uh, again, um, uh, uh, another way to put this is that biology is complex and mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen until you actually run the test. Sure. And so... The amazing achievements we've had along the way is, you know, we, we are going after brain cancers with our first therapy. And as I talked about getting past that, that uh, feature that we all have called the blood, blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what we have been able to find, uh, you know, the very first time that we ran one of these experiments to look for that brain penetration um, and found that we get a uh, molecule into the brain, drug molecule mm-hmm. into the brain easily that was a great that that was a that was a court popping moment for our company because that's that's what really sets us apart is this brain penetration the other aspect here too that's super important for a therapy is safety sure and the ability to dose patients because because if you can treat their cancer but you can't do it safely you you don't have anything 
Exactly. Quite, quite frankly. And then mm-hmm. being able to run again those studies that shows that the therapy we're bringing forward is safe. Uh, and can be dosed in, in fairly significant levels mm-hmm. uh, with, without causing adverse effects. And so anyway, we're just, just, we're, we're just delighted with that. And then lastly, the thing that really excites us from a patient perspective is when we found that in, in uh, models of human cancer, our therapy works best in those that are resistant to today's treatments. And so finding uh-huh. that treatment gap, so getting into the brain, doing so safely, and then going where other therapies mm-hmm. aren't working. So that that's 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 what really puts the smiles sure. on uh, all of our faces. That's fascinating. I love hearing about this. <laughs> if you are just now joining us, you're listening to Tucson Metro Chambers, the business of. I'm Heather Wolpern, and today's guest is Dr. Richard Austin, the CEO and president at Reglagene. So, at what stage of development is Reglagene's therapy now? Okay, so I mentioned those four prototypes that are left standing. And right. what we're doing today, we often like to refer to as our beauty contest. Okay. And so we have our four contestants, and we're putting, <laughs> them, we're putting those four contestants through their paces. Do they have names? Um, they do their numbers, actually. Oh, so, that's yeah, nice. we haven't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's no one named Mary or Joe or anything like that, but that, that's Yona a good idea. We'll something. have to think about doing that. <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, and so we're putting them through their paces in, in more advanced studies. Therapy has to work. Mm-hmm. Therapy has to be safe. And there are some other features that we look, look for as well. Um, therapy has to have properties to where it doesn't uh, interact adversely with other medicines a patient might be taking. Mm-hmm. And so, exactly. so we look at a variety of factors here. But we're looking for that one molecule in our beauty wow. contest that can wear the tiara right. and that we will take forward into the clinic. And then much like a beauty contest, we're looking for that first runner up. Sure. Because well, sometimes can, the winner. Sometimes has that tiara. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've seen that we before. Seen that. And so you've got to have that first runner up as mm-hmm. well. And so that's our objective. And we anticipate in the next month or so to have, uh, to have, to, 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 to put the tiara <gasps> the next month or so on one of our therapies. Yes, exactly right. a great right. way to start off the it's year. It's awesome. We're just in a wonderful spot as a company. That's fantastic. So I'm curious, as of now, are you strictly working with, say, you know, mice or rats or that sort of thing and cadavers? Or how are you figuring out how it's affecting humans? Okay, well, that's a great question. Um, we are strictly working with mice and rats okay. at this state, stage of the game, and gotcha. that, that's appropriate for what we are doing. And then with those human cancers, the, those cancers we are, are testing with, those are actual biopsy samples from real patients. Oh, neat. And then uh, we will either test those in an isolated sense, you know, the typical oh. Petri dish sure. type test that your listeners might be. Uh, gotcha. So right now everything truly of. is under the microscope. Exactly. Okay. But, then, but then also we can, um, you know, we can implant those same human tumors onto a mouse oh. and have them grow and show that, that you know, we can dose the mouse um, uh, uh, by the mouth, have the therapy, you know, uh, pass through the stomach, go into the bloodstream, and find its way to the tumor and actually kill it. And so that's that's so so that's okay. the level of 
validation we need to have to move forward. Now, as we progress uh, towards the clinic, mm-hmm. we will do higher order studies even beyond this. But for choosing the molecule, choosing the one, um, mice and rats are fully appropriate at this stage. Gotcha. So then when will the human trials start? Those will start in late 2023, first part of 2024. Okay. That's our anticipation because once we have the molecule chosen, it's full steam ahead. Now, we have to do these studies that will enable the FDA to approve us to dose patients. What's that process even like? Right. Is that what's so time-consuming? That's that's part of it. So between Mm -hmm. now and a year, year from now, that will be the next stage of the game for us. And you really have to prove two things to the FDA mm. before you can dose patients. You have to prove that you can manufacture the product re- reliably, that it's, it's sure. pure, consistent. there's a minimal mm. level of side effects, and consistent is the word. You can do it again and again and again. Sure. And the other part you have to prove, too, is when you dose those first patients, that it's not going to be uh, toxic or even lethal right. sure. to to those patients. Sure, sure. And so, um, uh, so th- those are the two things that we'll be proving over the next year. And then next, we will file what is known as an investigational new drug application. Mm. That's the document you have to file with the FDA to begin dosing those first patients. Gotcha. Once you have that document filed. 30 days later, you, you can start to do, dose your first patient. So wow. it's, it's, it, it, it comes about pretty quickly once you file. Now, of course, to get a drug to the market, there are these things called clinical trials mm-hmm. where we have patients that uh, are volunteers that are willing to take the therapy. And in clinical trials, there's usually multiple round, rounds of this. You're trying to prove two things again. First of all, it's safety. It is always safety. Sure. Can patients take this therapy and uh, not get sick? Right. From you don't the, want the therapy from the to therapy be worse itself. than the disease. Exactly right. Right. And then the next hurdle is, does it actually work? Mm-hmm. And and importantly, does it work better than the other therapies that exactly. are that are already available? Right. And so th- these are two very important questions. And once you do that, you file what is known as a new drug application, and if and that takes it's a six to twelve month approval process. Oh, wow. And if the FDA likes it, then you're going mm-hmm. you're going to the market. Very All told, this is mm-hmm. about a five to seven year process. Wow! But because the unmet medical need, the the great need in brain cancer is so high mm-hmm. that the FDA allows companies like us to uh, accelerate parts of the process, and we're hoping to get this done in about three to five years time from, from, from the time we dose our first patients. Very cool. And do you think that this technology could be used to treat other cancers or even diseases beyond cancer? Well, certainly within the realm of cancer, uh, we know this therapy has application for what are known as primary tumors, tumors that start out in the brain. So mm. a very famous one is known as glioblastoma. Mm-hmm. This is the same cancer that took the life of Senator John McCain. Mm-hmm. And so all of us in Arizona sure, sure. are really quite familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But the other area, too, is is brain cancers that come from, from metastases. Right. So breast and lung cancers sure. are, the, are the two cancers that most frequently metastasize into the brain. Mm-hmm. And unless those patients present with one of two very rare genetic mutations, there just simply aren't therapies that work 
for them. And so mm-hmm. those are our objectives within the cancer space. Interesting. Now, interestingly, this protein target that our therapy is hitting also has other impacts with, within the body. It's actually a, um, uh, if one blocks the action of this protein, it actually blocks the, in, the inflammatory response. And so you can imagine that if you have a therapy that goes into the brain mm-hmm. and you can block inflammation in the brain, you might be able to treat some other diseases. The really hot one these days is long COVID. Oh, right. Long COVID is a disease of brain inflammation. We all heard about the cytokine storm when this was on the news day right. after day after day. Uh-huh. We're able to block that cytokine storm with a therapy that gets into the brain. And so oh. we believe we have a shot at long COVID. We've got some preliminary data. We're pretty excited about that. The Very other exciting. area that this could have impact is in the area of diseases of the eye. And mm. so there, there's the number one cause of blindness in older adults is this disease called wet age-related macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. Those patients are taking an injection into their eyes to deliver a therapy to the uh, backs of their eyes to protect (laughs) the retina. Uh And if you've ever witnessed it, it's it's an amazing (laughs) sight to see someone take this therapy. Like, do they give her lanocaine at least, something to numb it? But they do. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh they, yes, 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 absolutely. Oh, and so um, uh, so the process that, that needs to be blocked here is this thing called vascularization, the growth of new blood vessels. So um, age-related macular degeneration is driven by this unchecked growth of new blood vessels that, that hmm. proliferate and eventually rupture and causes this damage to the retina. And so, by, uh, and so the protein target that we're hitting actually blocks that vascularization. And so we're looking at uh, having a topical administration that could uh, um, either, uh, you know, ideally we'd love to replace those injections sure. in the eyes, but if, but if we could just even work with them to make them better, mm-hmm. that's what we would like to do. And so there's other areas also out there for us to play in. So fascinating. Something you mentioned before that you said, let's circle back on, is the funding. So let's talk about that. How right. are you getting your funding for okay, all well, this research? Big picture here. One of the great things about being a therapeutics company in Tucson, working on something like brain cancer, mm-hmm. is we get the sense that our community is behind us. Everybody wants us to win. And great. so, you know, we get a lot of our services that we use locally, legal, accounting, that type of thing. And so, and, and even... Uh, uh, many of the drug discovery and development services that we use are from the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. But under that funding, uh, there's a group here in Tucson called the Desert Angels, and they fund a lot of early stage companies like ours. And Regagene is very honored to be their single largest investment over oh. the last few years. Okay. And so great backing there to, to help us get to where we are. Um, and, th- and that's been most of our funding, but also, too, we are funded by your tax dollars. And so there are grants from the National Institutes of Health that we have won from the National Cancer Institute, from Mm -hmm. the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. We've also won grants at the state level from the Arizona Commerce Authority. And then we've even won grants from the nonprofit world, too. There's there's an organization in Phoenix called the Flynn Foundation, Mm -hmm. which backs early-stage biotech companies like ours. And the first outside dollars that came into our company came from the Flynn Foundation. They believe they were the first ones to believe in us and they helped us get rolling. And so it's just a great, great story there too. 
That is fantastic. And also, let's talk about the Copper Cactus Awards, one of our biggest events, our annual event uh, that's been around for 25 years. So how did being a finalist in the innovation category in 2022 and the Small Business Leader of the Year in 2021 and then winning the Startup of the Year in 2020, how did that help Reglagene? Well, we were, first of all, delighted to be recognized by the Tucson Metro Chamber. Wow. That was a real honor for all of us in this company. But the main thing that awards like this do is they provide us with instant credibility mm -hmm. because That's these true. are competitive processes. Very. And to be able to win these awards or even become a finalist, there's a lot of great companies and a lot of great people here in our town. And so when we, as a company, get this exposure, and I'm having, say, for example, a first-time conversation with someone in Tucson or elsewhere, and they're aware of these honors, mm -hmm. it's credibility that I didn't have to earn, that I didn't have to earn with them directly, but right. that the Tucson Metro Chamber has helped me and has helped this company to, to achieve. Definitely. And it starts that conversation out at a higher level with a higher level mm -hmm. of interest. And so That's great these, these types of awards are, are incredibly impactful. Right. And especially winning the startup of the year. I remember that because we had so many entries that year. So that was not an easy win. It was not win. easy. So yes, you were yes. up against some really impressive contenders. So right. good for you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business Of. To learn more about Reglagene, visit reglagene.com. That's R-E-G. L-A-G-E-N-E dot -E com. And in case you didn't catch this episode from the beginning or would like to listen to it again, visit our website or search for Tucson Metro Chambers, The Business Of, on your favorite podcast app. Would you like to be my guest or sponsor an episode? Email me at thebusinessof at tucsonchamber.org. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic day.